speak with your ideal client in mind instead of just speaking about yourself because yeah when they're going through your profile they want to know that you can solve their problem not necessarily that you went to a b and c college Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm excited to bring you this interview today with Sylvia Pino. She is a virtual assistant and social media manager based in Portugal. And she is on the show today to talk about Upwork and how she has really used Upwork to totally build her career. I have kind of had mixed feelings in the past about Upwork. I started my freelancing career on Upwork and then kind of like stopped using it for a while. But lately over this past, I would say past nine months or a year, I've really actually been loving it. So I had a really good time chatting with her, kind of dispelling some myths, talking about the pros and the cons of the platform, because even though I love it, there are definitely still cons to it, just like anything in the world. So really had a great time talking with Sylvia. She shared some amazing advice and I can't wait for you to hear this interview. But before we hop into it, I want to thank the sponsor of today's show, which is my own self. (laughs) I've talked about this before, but you guys, this is seriously the place to be it's my membership group. If you are enjoying being in the free Facebook group, if you're enjoying listening to the podcast every week, watching my videos every week, which are all free, you definitely should check out the membership group. It's also free for the first 30 days. You can cancel after that if you'd like to, but if you want to stay around, it's only 10 bucks a month. We had probably my favorite call last week. I asked for volunteers, anyone who was working on their websites or wanted some feedback on their websites or their offers. And I went through, shared my screen and gave so much actionable feedback for everybody. And it was a really great learning experience. I think for everyone on the call, myself included, this is a service that normally I would charge a couple hundred dollars for to do a full site audit and marketing audit. And it was just totally included as part of the membership. So we do things like that. We do group calls when you want to participate. I do masterclasses where I share my screen and share tutorials and trainings and way more detailed things than I even have time to share on the podcast. So it is a really good group. And then of course, you just get the forum and the community support of all of the other amazing members. So definitely recommend you go ahead and join if you're looking for some company or some motivation to really help get your business off the ground, especially during this very strange and sometimes lonely time. So I'm going to leave the link down in the show notes. It's bit.ly slash LJ membership. That'll take you there as well, but I'll also link it down in the show notes. And with that said, let's get into the interview with Sylvia. Welcome to the Freelance Friday Podcast. My name is Latasha James, and I'm your host. I'm a freelance digital marketer, video creator, and business coach. And this show is an inside look at the world of freelancing, featuring tips, tricks, and interviews with people who are doing it right. I'm so excited you're tuning into it. Let's get started. So welcome to the show, Sylvia. I'm excited to chat with you about your business and about kind of how you built that through Upwork. Yeah, me too. I love talking about what I do and especially about Upwork because I feel like some people have uh, different opinions about it. So I definitely like to give my side of the story because it's definitely not a bad one. (laughs) 
<laughs> cool. So do you want to kick things off by telling us kind of what you do and how you got started as a freelancer? Sure. Um, my name is Sylvia and nice to meet you all. Actually, I started out on Upwork uh, doing drawings and design type of work. That's what I was in my head. That's what I was going to do at the beginning. I started back in 2013, so quite a while ago. Uh, but then I sort of went to being a virtual assistant, and now I kind of shifted into doing more of social media management type of work. So, yeah, that's, that's a bit of my journey. Awesome. What made you start on Upwork? Like, what made you want to go down the freelance route? I actually don't quite remember how I came across Upwork. Um, but I liked the idea that I got to work uh, from home and make my own schedule. And also sometimes in Portugal, it's, it's quite difficult to find jobs that fit um, because most people get out of college and they don't have a job in their area and they get stuck doing something they don't like. And I definitely didn't want to go that route. I did went, go to college, but I started out uh, on Upwork before then, and I worked through college doing part-time type of jobs. And I like the overall flexibility that they give me, um, both uh, when I had to manage it with my college work. And now I like that it allows me to travel when I like. And yeah, I like the flexibility of it all. Yeah, that's awesome. That's kind of similar to how I got started. I started on Upwork in college is well, it was called Elance back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I started when uh, I think they merged Elance with it was Odesk when I started. Yep, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, and I love seeing all your travel pictures and stuff on Instagram. I know you're always going somewhere. You're like, oh yeah, I'm yeah. about to get on a plane. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm actually going on a, another trip soon, but I don't know when. It's a, kind of a surprise trip. So anywhere in March, but I don't know when it is. Oh, that's awesome. And I don't know where I'm going either. Yeah. So it's great. It's great that I have the flexibility to take a weekend off and not even know when it is. Right, you know? right. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, one of the reasons that I wanted to um, ask you on the show is because you actually commented on one of my videos because I was like, yeah, I'm kind of coming around to Upwork, but I'm not making yeah. a full-time income. Uh, and you were like, oh, well, I do. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, tell me all your secrets. Yeah, I mean, a full-time income in Portugal, it's probably different than over there. Um, but I definitely, um, my initial goal was to make the amount that is a full-time income in Portugal, but doing it part-time instead of full-time. That was my initial goal. Uh, but I accomplished that like last year. And now I, I'm working full-time like the 40 hours a week full-time uh, and of course doing more than the the minimal wage here in Portugal. Yeah well I would consider that very successful I mean yeah that's I mean, the goal. <laughs> we're from different from different places different backgrounds but yeah I don't think I'm I'm that doing that bad. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell me a little bit. Let's let's start with just the profile kind of basics. So what do you think are the essential elements of a profile that actually, you know, gets noticed and what what are some things that you think people should focus on when they're starting to build out their 
Upwork profiles? Well, yeah, when they're starting, um, I mean, it's obviously going to be a bit more difficult when you're starting because something that Upwork kind of values or um, kind of puts you higher in search is when you have more experience and previous client feedback. But I'd say if you're starting out, just try to focus on highlighting your past experience, whether that is what you studied or your past work experience. You can definitely, even if you're not looking to do the exact same thing you're doing at your past job, you can always pick up a bit of the skills and kind of explain that in, in your profile, in your description. And something I like to say is that you shouldn't, many people uh, do this, and of course the profile is your profile, but you should try to speak with your ideal client in mind instead of just speaking about yourself because, yeah, when they're going through your profile, they want to know that you can solve their problem, not necessarily that you went to A, B, and C college and have this experience, you should always try to relate your past experience with what your ideal client wants and needs. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good advice. Do you have like a specific niche or a specific target that you kind of try to speak to? Or do you kind of help more general businesses? I definitely try to target more small business owners. Um, I try to kind of get into more niches, but I find that even if I'm targeting just small business owners, that that's not that broad. And since I want to focus on offering more Instagram help, that's already kind of niche. So I don't need my ideal client to be that niche down. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I also noticed there's a place on Upwork Profiles to add featured projects. Yeah, that's kind of new, actually, like a couple of months old, probably. I remember I got their email saying, oh, we have this new feature. We're rolling it out to some of the accounts, probably the, the top rated or the ones that are on the platform for longer. I don't know what their criteria was to rolling it out early, but probably something like that. So is that something you've tested? Um, and if so, how do you determine like what projects and what kind of packages you should offer on Upwork? I definitely took quite a while to set up my packages on Upwork because I was always working hourly and I always, it's something like I always wanted to do, uh, set up some fixed price packages but it's something that I put in the back burner for a while until I started creating my website and had to had to sort of um, create packages for that to put in my services page. So I kind of uh, use them for Upwork as well. I kind of it has a different format. You can't put as many prices, I think. So I ended up compiling three of my packages into one and putting the price starting at. XYZ. Yeah, it's kind of a different format, but I kind of use the ones from my website and re reuse them for for the upward profile. You mentioned 
kind of hourly projects, I feel like in my experience, that's what the majority of my um, work has been on Upwork. It's been hourly. I've done some fixed price projects, but I guess that's one of my areas that I feel like I struggle with on Upwork is how do I determine my hourly rate that's fair, but that's also going to be competitive enough to stand up? Because I feel like, you know, a lot of Upwork clients, or I guess the like stereotype of up cl- Upwork clients is that they're looking for a really cheap deal. Yeah, I guess that's kind of what most people hate about a product. Yeah. <laughs> so I struggle because it's like I want to do a, you know, a, a price that'll be like a good deal for them. Yeah, but also a good deal for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to sell myself short. So do you have any advice on coming up with an hourly rate? Like, I don't know, any any tips on working with clients hourly on Upwork? Yeah, that's kind of definitely not my strong point. Like I said, I kind of struggled for a while coming up with my packages because I was so used to working hourly. And even then, I don't think I've cracked the code on hourly rates. Uh, I kind of started pretty low, especially if, um, if you're from the U.S. I started at $5 an hour and it was... I stayed like that for such a long time. I shouldn't even be admitting how long I stayed at five an hour. Um, but yeah, then I started up, uh, kind of upping my rate like $5 at a time. But I definitely started too low, even for even for when I didn't have as much, as much experience. I started quite low. But yeah, I think I've been increasing it with each client that I get because I obviously get more experience and get into more demand, of course. But yeah, special tips for it depends so much on what you're offering and your needs. Like, for example, me being from Portugal, I don't need such a, a high rate as someone from the US would probably need. But also you have to uh, count, put into account like what service you're offering because even if I'm from Portugal, I shouldn't be offering a service for like a tenth of the, of the price because probably then that that's what makes people bargain hunt because there's always somewhere, someone somewhere in the world that's going to do it for cheaper. So like, even if you're from the Philippines or somewhere like that, where people usually work for cheaper, I mean, try to put your prices competitively with the rest of the world. There's no need to do it at five an hour, right? Right. And that's the cool thing about working on Upwork or just like working online in general is you can work with people all over the world. So maybe if someone in your home country, you know, can't afford to pay you the rate exactly. that you're asking for, maybe, you know, you can work, you know, for a different country. So I think that's a really cool point about it. Exactly. The only clients I've ever had from Portugal weren't from Portugal. They were just living here. <laughs> that's funny. So yeah, and you can always compare with other people on the platform. Like when I when I started raising my rates, I kind of did a search for people doing the same things as me. And I've kind of went with that like see their experiences and how they match mine and yeah you kind of get an idea because someone doing general VA type of work like I was doing won't 
probably won't be asking for as much as someone specialized in a certain area like like I'm doing right now. I have my main profile for general VA type of work at a certain rate. And then I have the specialized profile, which I think they also uh, introduced kind of like late last year, probably. And I set that up with a higher rate. Yep. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, it depends on what you're offering. Yeah. And, and I agree. I think you kind of have to start lower and just sort of use them as portfolio projects, basically. Yeah, lower, but <laughs> not to zero. Not nothing, but yeah. And that, you know, building up those jobs and getting that feedback, like you mentioned, and those good reviews on Upwork is what will lead you to getting higher status on the platform and will demonstrate that you can actually do the job. So can you talk a little bit about top rated because I don't think a lot of people know what this means and I, I still don't fully know what it means. I, I just got it and I don't really understand it. Oh, really? And also, yeah, and do you think it actually helps to have that on your profile? I definitely uh, think it helps. Yeah. Uh, clients can see that on your profile and even though they probably may not understand what it means either um, because it's, I don't think it comes with an explanation. I kind of, I already uh, Google this yesterday because I wanted to be sure of what I'm saying. You need to have at least 90% job success. So that comes from the previous client feedback. Um, and also something that I didn't know that I found out yesterday is that you need to have made at least 1K in the last 12 months. So you, you kind of need to be active on a platform. So if I'm top rated right now because I have more than 90% uh, job feedback, job success, if I don't work for a full year, I mean, I'm not going to be a top rated freelancer anymore. Right. So you have to maintain it. Yeah. And the 1K is not that much. It's probably just a base level thing for them to kind of keep you on the platform. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Are most of the clients that you work with, do you mostly work with long-term contracts or do you do a lot of like project-based work? No, I definitely do more uh, long-term clients. I used to do more short-term ones when I was doing more design type of work. But when it's like a virtual assistant or a social media manager type of work, you usually need help over time. It's not like, oh, you're helping me with um, emails and social media this this week or this month and next month like I'm going to another person like, and it's even better when you stay with someone for longer because you kind of get kind of get into their systems and it gets easier so it's best for both of you if you stick around for a while yeah. Yeah, that's good to know cuz that's something I think a lot of people have reservations about is they think that Upwork is like um, you know, it's just like a one-time thing. They don't feel like they can develop long-term relationships on there and yeah. I I agree. Like I've had I mean, I have had some kind of project-based work, but I've also had a lot of clients that stick around for a while. Yeah, I mean, the, I guess it depends again on what you do because if you're a logo designer or something like that, 
people will probably only need the logo once and probably again in a couple of years if they want to redesign it but they're not going to need your help every month unless you're doing like other design type of work for them so if your skill is like a one-time thing like logo design or even uh, my boyfriend is starting to wanting to work on opera trying to find game design type of jobs and he's not going to design a game for someone i mean probably if it's a game type of studio if they need games on the regular but probably there might be clients that need it once and not again next month yeah yeah so how do you i feel like Upwork can be really overwhelming when I go log on and look at like the job feed. I just, I have a hard time like sifting through everything. Yeah. How do you filter through the different gigs or do you just kind of wait for people to invite you to projects? Yeah, right now, like I said, like I'm working full time, so I don't look for jobs anymore. And even when I wasn't working for the hours, like when I was working 30 or even 20, I felt like I got enough invitations, um, probably from being top rated and being on a platform for so long and having a complete profile. I got enough invitations as to even if I didn't say yes to everyone, because sometimes clients can also invite people that are not a good fit for the job. Um, I've gotten so many invitations from people wanting someone speaking French. And I'm like, I I'm sorry, I don't speak French. Like, it's not going to work for me. But yeah, I feel like right now I get enough invitations as to where I don't need to be looking for jobs. But I'd say like, if you are looking uh, through the job posts on a platform, Definitely something you want to filter through is the kind of experience level they want. So there are entry level, intermediate, and expert. So if you're not looking for the bargain hunters, stick with the intermediate and the expert ones because the other ones will probably be the ones looking for someone at $5 an hour and stuff like that. Right. So if you're not going, if you don't want to be overwhelmed by it, uh, a good first filter is definitely the budget of the client. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good tip. And then I guess it just comes back to having a good profile too, right? Yeah, I mean, if you have a full profile and if it's good enough, especially your the first sentence you get, uh, not a part of the description. Um, if that's eye-catching enough or if it kind of explains well uh, how you can help your client, you probably will get more uh, invitations for jobs. And then you don't have to waste your connects that now are paid for. Right, right. For anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, you get a certain number of oh, yeah. basically, yeah, they're called connects. So they you basically kind of pay with the connects to apply for the gigs. Yeah. They used to give you like 60, I believe per month. And now you have to pay, I think, is it five cents per connect? I'm not sure. It's pretty low. Yeah. But you usually need um, a couple of them per job. I think it depends on the length of the job. 
and the budget of the client, something like that. They kind of estimated that you would be spending $5 a month on connects. I don't know based on what. <laughs> right, right. I guess. Yeah. And the good thing about getting invited to gigs is that you don't have to pay. Yeah. You don't have to spend yeah. connects on it. So that's kind of what I do. I, I sort of just wait to get invited to things. And then if I do want to go out and look for something new, it's, it's really pretty cheap to do it. So, okay. So I know you're not kind of actively interviewing for new gigs now, but when you were, what, what can people expect when they get, you know, they get um, connected with a client and they say, Hey, we're interested in you. Can we hop on a call or how do you kind of navigate that next step? Yeah, I definitely would say you should get on a call, whether it is audio or video. It can be quite nerve wracking, especially at the, at the beginning. Um, but I definitely think that's a good way for you to get to know each other. Um, usually through text, it's not that easy to get to know someone and see the vibe of your client. For example, I have one right now that's she spends all the time in our calls smiling. So it's such good energy. Uh, so I would never get to know that side of her if I didn't talk to her through, I think we talked through Skype. But Upwork also has their their own uh, way to video calls. So you can do everything within the platform. And they usually encourage you to do so, but sometimes we hop on a Skype call with clients. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I, I don't know if this is just me, but I've never been able to get their video thing to work. So I usually just do like a Zoom or a Skype call. Yeah, it's sometimes it's not the best, um, but I think I've got a few ones to work because yeah, I definitely think I've got some to work, but usually clients prefer Skype and I'm okay with that. Yeah. So were there any questions that you asked before accepting a proposal, like anything about hours or just the scope of the work? Or I know it would probably vary by job, but any general questions that you like to ask your clients before getting started? Yeah, I usually like to ask. They don't always know the answer to this, but I usually like to ask the, the amount of hours expected because that's, that's kind of important for me to be able to accept, to know if I can take on that work or not. Uh, especially right now, like I'm working on delegating some of my current clients, but like for now, if someone approached me, I would definitely need to know how much work they need on a weekly basis, for example. But something I like to ask as well, and I just responded like before this call, I just responded to a an invitation for a job. And something I asked, and I usually do ask people, is to have a link to their website or their social media to kind of get to know their business and yeah, get to know their starting point because usually I'm working with either the social media platforms or their brand in general. And I like to see what they're doing right now and how we can improve it. So it's really helpful when they don't include the, the link, at least to their website, to get to know what they're doing right now and how I can help them 
and also mention it later on the call because I usually ask for the links in my proposal and I suggest we book a call. So when I, I get on a call with them, I can mention something I saw on their website, for example. Yeah, that's a good tip because, yeah, a lot of the jobs that you apply to are kind of anonymous, like they don't have the company name. It's not that it's not like the same as applying to a job on LinkedIn or something where you have all the information. So it can be a little confusing sometimes because it's like, well, I don't know if I'm going to be a good fit. I need to actually know what the yeah, and you don't know if they're your ideal client or not, because you don't Sometimes you don't even know, they don't even tell you what they work on. They just want to know, they just share what they want you to do, not who they are. And something uh, I could add right now is that uh, most times you don't have the name of the client that's um, posting the job, but um, sometimes they do sign it at the end of the job post, but it's not, not usual. Something I like to do is go, if they have done previous jobs on Upwork, if they hired previously, uh, something I like to do is go through their their feedback from the freelancers they hired before. And sometimes they, men- they mention, oh, Mark is such a great client, so you can mention that on your proposal. If you're invited to a job, you get their name on their message inviting you, but if you're not, a good way is definitely to look at the feedback. That's a great tip because I know, you know, hi there or, hi, you know, just the general. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I wish I had their name. So that's a really, really good, good tip. I love that. Okay, so I'll tell you my struggle, <laughs> my personal struggle lately is I'll have my hourly rate. I'll, you know, add the add in my proposal what my proposed rate is we'll get through the the interview the intro chat it's all good excited to work together and then the client is like okay I can offer you half of your proposed rate (laughs) after you know wasting like two hours of my time yeah that's uh, awful (laughs) yeah so um yeah so do you have any advice for like I don't know, negotiating? Or is that something you've ever had to do, like kind of negotiate contracts on Upwork or sort of keep the rate aligned to your proposal? Or am I just unlucky? <laughs> no, it's definitely a, a typical thing. Probably, again, why people don't like the platform. But I'm not, I mean, I'm not sure because I don't usually work, uh, look for work outside Upwork. So I'm not sure how that is uh, elsewhere. But something I like to do, and this was actually a tip from a client that I have that also works on Upwork. So she's a freelancer and a client on Upwork. Uh, She kind of taught me to ask what they have to give you in return to lowering your rate. So like, what can you give me um, in exchange for me lowering my rate? Because what's in it for me? Because you get a lower rate. But what do I get? Just earning less. And actually, what, one of the clients that I currently have, I, I can even tell you, I suggested $25 an hour. And she told me, like, what about 20 And I'm like, what can you offer in return? And she's like, well, 
nothing. I guess we can start at 25. <laughs> so yeah, that's that usually works. If you if you ask like why should I lower the rate? Like what's in it for me? That usually gets them like oh no nothing. I just wanted to see if you work for cheaper because yeah probably they they will do it for your price but they just want to test you <laughs> and if they don't i mean you can always say no there are more jobs on the platform for sure for sure i always have to remind myself that cuz i can be hard on myself and yeah like i i'm trying to force myself to say no more this year <laughs> so it's like yeah, you can walk away <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, and even especially if they're offering half, like it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, and one thing that I did have a successful kind of version of that, and um, I was able to get the client, they wanted to do a lower rate, but we were able to agree on a retainer rate instead. So, like a monthly package mm-hmm. versus hourly. So, maybe that's something people could try too is if the hourly rate is too low, maybe try pitching like a package price that might be a little bit more fair to both parties. Um, I wanted to add one more thing that we didn't talk about before, just because you mentioned proposals and like writing their names in. Mm-hmm. Is there any anything else that you recommend including in a proposal? Uh, I feel like this is where a lot of people get stuck. <laughs> it's like, what do I write? <laughs> I mean, I always uh, think you should address their their pain points or their needs uh, that they talk about on the job posts. That's kind of a no-brainer. But what I've been doing or trying to do recently, I try to record a short video using Loom on my computer so I can kind of I kind of repeat what I have on the, the proposal, but I kind of talk to them and it kind of makes it that more personal. And again, they get to know you a bit better than if they're, they were just reading your proposal. So I actually did that today with that job I was applying to, or I was accepting their, their request. Um, I just recorded a two-minute video using Loom. Uh, kind of what was on the screen was just their job post. And I asked the questions that I had for them, such as the the links and where where they're at right now with their business. And I kind of asked that to them again. So it kind of reinforces what I want to know from them. And yeah, that's a good, nice touch to to have because many people won't take the time to, to record a video or include any attachment on the proposal so it may make you stand out a bit more and I've actually been meaning to record a video to put on my profile but I haven't gotten around to do it so for now I just attach videos to the proposals. That's a really really good tip because I recently I hired a writer on Upwork and they did that they included a video and it just made it so much like I instantly liked them. You know, they instantly moved to the top because you actually feel like you're talking to a real person. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of get to see them and yeah, get to know them. Yep. That's great. Cool. Well, this, this was really helpful. I know that you have, I believe you have a course on Upwork for freelancers. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. I used to get so many people ask me both on Instagram or just in general, people ask me about 
how I do what I do and how you, I mean, how do you get started? Because most of the people that ask me, they never tried it or they just created the account and they didn't know what to put on it. So this course I created was to kind of, it's such a beginner level course because that's the kind of people that usually reach out to me. But I'm thinking of doing a follow-up course. So it's more less beginner level, but it guides you through how to figure out what you should offer. It's mostly for people that want to start out as virtual assistants, but it really can be for anyone. It kind of guides you through selecting your services you want to offer and kind of also figure out if you should uh, try to work on Upwork, if that's something you should really pursue, um, if your mindset is there. And yeah, it kind of guides you through the beginning steps and also through creating your profile on the platform. So yeah, if you're new to Upwork or freelancing, that's kind of the, the ideal people to join the course. And it's on Skillshare, so. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave a link for it in the show notes, of course. You guys should definitely check it out because I am not an Upwork expert. <laughs> so <laughs> this will be a lot more informative than a lot of the answers that I'm able to help you through. And then can you talk a little bit more about anything else that people should know about your business or where can they find you and follow you and kind of get to know you more? Yeah, um, I have a website that I just launched uh, earlier this year. I actually took too, way too long to create a website. I was just working through Upwork <laughs> all this time. Um, so it kind of gives you an idea that it does work. But I created my website. It's thesylviapino.com. I think you can link it on the show notes as well because I don't know if everyone can spell my name correctly. <laughs> Um, but it's basically the uh, and S I L V I A P I N H O. And my Instagram is the same, like the Sylvia Pinho, uh, at the Sylvia Pinho. So, yeah, if you want to reach out to me, you can do it. Uh, I'm always on Instagram, so that's probably the the easiest way. Yeah, and and you're always posting awesome videos and, and lots of entertaining content on Instagram too. So yes, thank I will. You. Yeah, I'll definitely leave all those down below. And yeah, again, thank you so much. This has been really eye opening and very helpful. So I'm excited for people to hear it. Thank you for inviting me on the podcast. I'm Latasha James, and that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to review it on iTunes or share it with a friend. This podcast is all about community, so you can also go ahead and head over to the Facebook group. It's called the Freelance Friday Podcast Community, or follow me on social. My handle is the Latasha James across all platforms. I'd love to know what you thought of the episode. And like I said, feel free to share it with a friend, tag a friend, screenshot the episode and tag a friend. It really helps us grow this community. And my goal is to help as many people through this collective community, become better freelancers and more empowered freelancers. So that's it for the episode. I'll talk to you in the next one. It airs every single Friday. I'll talk to you again then.